All right, now we're going to begin the Hildebrandt Heist by Jean Pennington. Public notice. The county probate office is seeking any living relation of Camilla, Camilla Vespert Hildebrandt, Hildebrandt, born October 7th, 1925, daughter of Oliver and Priscilla Hildebrandt. If no related person contacts the county probate office in due time on June 15th at 12 noon, the estate of Camilla Vesper Hildebrandt and all belongings attached to it will become the property of the state to be sold or destroyed. Part 1. Newcomers. Chapter 1. A torn, weather-stained paper flapped fitfully in the humid breeze, tugging at the staple that pinned it to the trunk of an ancient oak tree. Overhead, the old branches groaned against the wind, twisting and leaning, burdened with their load of summer leaves. At last, the paper broke free and rode the wind high into the air, floating and spinning across the treetops. It crossed the road and dipped down over a beautiful valley tucked between steep hillsides. There, the gust of wind began to lose its breath. The paper glided low over the stream, where a fringe of long grass reached up to catch it, tucking it safely at the base of a large stone beneath a clump of willow trees. At the edge of the wind-rippled pond sat a girl with a book. She was dressed for Saturday in a faded orange t-shirt from last year's church camp. A thick, honey-colored braid hung from the back of her baseball cap, fastened at the end with a piece of red and green Christmas ribbon. It was summertime, she had reasoned to herself that morning, and matching clothes with hair ribbon just wasn't really that important. What was important, however, was figuring out the mystery in the book she was reading. I think the janitor did it, Heidi. I'm sure of it she declared to her friend Heidi Bellows, who clearly had taken a great deal more thought about her appearance, hugged her knees and shook her head, shaking her curly black hair, sending her curly black hair tumbling around her shoulders. It can't be the janitor, she argued. He was in the basement getting his mop and bucket. The girl with the braid leaned forward with an evil grin. He just said he was going to the basement she exclaimed dramatically, but it doesn't say that's what he did. See, you have to pay attention to every single tiny detail. That's why I love these books. Emily Johnson, you're driving me crazy with these mysteries, said Heidi. I don't know how you can read those books all day long. There's nothing else to do he around here, Emily replied, tossing her braid. Woodsville has to be the most boring place in the world. Nothing ever happens here. She picked a long braid of grass and put it in her book to mark her place. It's about time for the boys to get here, she said, reaching for the cloth book bag on the ground next to her. The boys, Emily referred to, included Michael Thomas, who was son of of the pastor of Willow Valley Bible Church, Buddy Sullivan, who could invent and build almost anything, and Terrence Connor, the president of their club, because he was, very nearly, a walking computer. Heidi squinted doubtfully at the sky. I hope we can have our meeting before it starts raining, she said. Those clouds look serious. As Emily leaned her head back to look up, 
Something wet and slimy smacked into her cheek. A juicy purple earthworm fell onto her knee. She jumped up, spun around, shrieking loudly, Michael Thomas, I'm going to kill you! Michael emerged from the bushes, carrying a fishing rod and a container of bait. Sorry, Em. I was aiming for the rock next to you. I promise, he said, trying not to laugh. Behind him, two boys were doubled over in glee. You got her right in the face, gasped Buddy. Emily, that was... That was incredible! But not funny at all, Terrence added, managing to straighten his face into his usual serious expression behind his dark-rimmed glasses. That was very unfortunate. And Michael, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. I am ashamed, said Michael, gulping down a chuckle. I'm extremely ashamed. Leaning on his fishing pole... Michael got down on one knee in the grass. Emily Johnson, will you please forgive me for for flinging a worm in your f f face? He managed to look sincere for a short two seconds before all three boys erupted once more into hilarious laughter. Emily wiped at her cheek with the back of her hand and glared at him. All three of you are disgusting, she declared. Heidi and I came here expecting a decent, friendly meeting, and all you can do is throw worms and laugh like idiots while we're going home. Come on, Heidi. Wait, no, Michael said, standing up. Really, I'm sorry, Emily. I never thought the worm would hit you, especially not in the face. We'll behave now, Buddy promised. Terrence reached into his pocket. Here, you can have my handkerchief for your face. It's clean, and just for the record... Buddy and I had absolutely nothing to do with that. He handed the neatly folded square to Emily. Emily scrubbed her cheek with the handkerchief, still frowning fiercely. You owe me ice cream, she finally said to Michael, at that new place on Main Street. Deal, promised Michael. I'll buy you anything you want. A banana split, hot fudge sundae, you name it. Anytime you say. Now, do you forgive me? Emily handed the wadded handkerchief back to Terrence and shook her head. Not until I've eaten the ice cream, she answered, but I guess we'll stay for the meeting. Michael set his fishing gear down and sprawled in the grass next to the pond. Buddy leaned against a low branch of one of the willow trees, and the two girls settled nearby. Terrence squatted down next to a large stone. Pulling a gavel out of his po back pocket, he wrapped it on the rock. Here, here, he said. The meeting of the Willow Valley kids is now called to order. All present and accounted for, Michael announced with a lopsided grin. What news do you have for us, Terrence? Any mysteries to solve? asked Emily eagerly. Terrence unfolded a piece of paper and adjusted his glasses. First off, I want to remind you about the bug, bug collection project we'll have when school starts back up in a couple of months. Terrence told them. If we start collecting bugs during the summer, we won't have to worry about it later. I hate bugs, said Heidi, scrunching up her nose. But it makes sense to catch them now while they are everywhere. Good thinking, Terrence, Buddy said. Thanks to you, maybe I'll actually turn in something on time for once. Hey, and maybe I can even build an 
automated bug trap, Heidi, so you don't have to go looking for bugs. They'll come to you. That's easy, remarked Emily. Just leave your half-eaten lunch under your bed for a couple of weeks. Believe me, the bugs will come. Anything else, Terrence? asked Michael, glancing hopefully towards his fishing pole. Terrence cleared his throat. <clears throat> no mysteries right now, but I was going to tell you about the big apple ice cream shop on Main Street. Obviously, you girls know about it already. However, I happen to have some coupons. They're giving away free ice cream because of the grand opening this week. Don't give Michael the coupons, Emily said, crossing her arms. He has to buy my ice cream. Just then, a swirling breeze lifted the hanging strands of the willow tree, and a smattering of raindrops invaded the meeting. Well, that was short, said Heidi, quickly getting up. So much for fishing, Michael said. Emily grabbed her book bag. How about going to get that ice cream right now? She suggested. We can finish our meeting there. Wait, you dropped something said Terence. Bending down, he picked up a tattered paper and handed it to Emily. That's not mine, Emily said, pausing to look at it. It's a public notice, she frowned. Another gust of wind showered them with rain. We need to run for it, Michael said. What we need is our own clubhouse, exclaimed Buddy, leaping to his feet as thunder shook the ground. Emily stuffed the paper in her bag, and the five children took off full speed through the trees toward Lookout Rock and the path that led out of the valley to Main Street. Chapter 2 The children managed to outrun the worst of the rain, and just in time. As soon as the door of the ice cream shop, shop jangled closed behind them, the skies let loose, and sheets of summer rain came pouring down into the street outside. That was close! gasped Heidi, peering out through the storefront windows. Buddy was already at the counter, gazing at the display of ice cream flavors and toppings behind the glass. "'Welcome to Big Apple Ice Cream,' said a dark-haired woman in an apron. "'My name's Stella. What can I get ya?' She wore bright red lipstick and big hoop earrings, and her New York accent was an unusual sound for the folks in small-town Woodsville." Next to her, a bald man with big muscles and tattoos on his arms reached for an ice cream scoop. I'll have a one scoop of everything, said Buddy, his eyes shining. One scoop of everything, eh? said Stella, chomping on her gum. Did you hear that, Harry? Better get scooping. All right, young man, that'll be, let's see, about $42.15. Sure, that's what you want? We have coupons, Buddy told her confidently. Buddy, the coupon is for one scoop in a cone, said Terrence, coming up next to him. Oh, Buddy said, clearly disappointed. Well, in that case, I need a few minutes to decide. Just then, the bells on the door jangled again, as a man with a hooded jacket pushed into the shop, bringing a warm gust of rainy wind with him. A shaggy beard covered the bottom half of his face, and his loose pants looked shabby, with holes ripped in the knees. "'You coming in here for ice cream?' asked the bold man, whose name was Harry. "'Just getting out of the rain,' 
the man replied without looking up. He slumped into a chair by the door and turned toward the window, the hood of his jacket hiding his face. Harry's eyes held a look of disgust. Getting a job might help, he muttered, his voice tinged with the same accent as Stella's. Stella leaned toward the children. Keep an eye on that fella, kids. He's been hanging around here on Main Street, asking folks for handouts. Just a bum, that's all, and not too good for business, if you know what I mean. While the boys ordered their ice cream, Emily and Heidi turned to look at the man in the corner. He ignored them all, slouching low in his seat and leaning sideways against the wall. I wonder where he came from and why he doesn't have a place to live, Heidi whispered. I feel bad for him. I wonder if he's hungry. Emily gripped her book bag slightly. Her imagination was skipping along in high speed as she considered all the possibilities. He could be a murderer running from justice or an undercover spy from a foreign country. Your turn, Emily, Michael said, interrupting her wild thoughts. Order whatever you want. I'm paying, remember? By the time all the ice cream was served up and handed out, the fierce rainstorm had passed and sunshine was breaking through the clouds. The mysterious man in the corner left the shop without a word, and the children crowded noiselessly around a table to try out their New York-flavored treats. It tastes just the same as regular, Michael declared, shrugging his shoulders. No, said Buddy, closing his eyes and savoring his chocolate fudge and marshmallow cone. It's truly amazing. The best I've ever had. I can basically taste the Empire State Building. Heidi giggled and dipped her spoon into her whipped cream topping. So, is our Willow Valley Club meeting over, Terrence? I don't have anything else to talk about, he replied. What about the rest of you? Suddenly, Emily remembered the paper Terrence picked up under the willow trees. Wait, I have something, she said, pulling it out of her bag and smoothing it on the table in front of her. What does it say? Buddy wanted to know. Emily leaned forward and read it out loud. Public notice. The county probate office is seeking any living relation of Camille Vesper Hildebrandt. Born October 7th, 1925. Daughter of Oliver and Priscilla Hildebrandt. If no related persons contact the county probate office in due time on June 15th at 12 noon, the estate of Camille Vesper Hildebrandt and all belongings attached to it will become the property of the state to be sold or destroyed. Camilla Vesper Hildebrandt? Heidi repeated. Who in the world is that? Well answered Terence. For one thing, she's dead. Otherwise, the probate office wouldn't be looking for her relatives. And for another thing, she was really old. Michael drummed his fingers on the napkin dispenser. Hildebrandt. That name sounds familiar. Buddy, whose mouth was very full of chocolate fudge marshmallow ice cream, suddenly started mumbling loudly and waving his hands. I oh, he said. He gulped and wiped his mouth. By school, that old board up house, boarded up house down the road from the school. That's the Hildebrandt property. I've never seen it, said Heidi. It's way back in the woods, Buddy told them. No one's lived there in forever. I saw it once when my mom pulled in the driveway to turn around. I want to see it, 
Emily said eagerly. Her eyes grew big. It sounds mysterious. Just then, Stella came over with a cloth in her hand. Do you kids need anything else? She asked, wiping off the table next to theirs. No, ma'am, Terrence answered. Well, I'm not trying to be rude or anything, she told them, but I overheard you talking about some old abandoned house down by the school. I just have to tell you, because I'm a nice person, that no kids should be going around old abandoned places. It's just not safe, you know. And some of those places... Her voice trailed away and she shook her head. Some of them places are just, I don't know, they have a bad feeling, you know. The bells on the door jangled as a man entered the shop. He looked very much like Stella. And Emily wondered if they were brother and sister. Stella! he exclaimed. I got a job at the cleaners. Cool it, Pete. We have customers. She answered, but she was smiling. Now I can get my uniform laundered for free, true? The two of them continued to talk as they went into the back room of the shop together, leaving the children alone at the table. She was nice, said Heidi. I guess abandoned houses can be creepy, like she said. Emily shrugged. She's just suspicious because she's from New York City, where there's a lot of crime. I'm not scared to go there, and that's exactly what I plan to do. By now, the ice cream was gone, and the sun was sparkling on the wet sidewalk outside. Michael stood up. Is the meeting over? He asked Terrence. I think I hear the fish in Willow Valley calling my name. As the children walked outside, Michael counted out the dollar bills left over from the money he used to pay for Emily's banana split. Looking up, he caught sight of the man in the hooded jacket, sitting on a bench along the street. The man held a card cardboard sign that said need help will work for food he was looking straight at michael and the money michael held in his hand michael paused should he feel sorry for the man or just ignore him getting a job would help he remembered harry saying he's right michael thought why should i give my money to someone who won't even get a job shoving his money into his pocket he turned away to follow the others